0: Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Displasportation Book Club, where I take a positive look at the nasty and the extreme, but in the podcast format I do it with a guest. I invite someone along from the horror community to share a conversation with a book about, something that they enjoy. And this week I have Donna A. Latham with me. So welcome to the show, Donna.
1: Hello, thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm really um, excited about this. I love talking about these books, so... Any chance I can
0: get. (laughs) I'd say it's a good excuse, right? Like, I'm so used to just sitting in front of the camera talking about the books to myself pretty much. Right, right. This is like a nice format where I get to chat to other people and not be the only one geeking out on screen over crazy stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So yeah, before we get started, I'll just um, quickly go over the format of the show and, and then I'll turn it over to Donna to tell you all a little bit about herself. Um, so yeah, As I mentioned, the Spotation Book Club is a weekly podcast, hopefully weekly, uh, where I invite a member of the extreme horror community onto the show. So that can be an author, a reader, cover artist, an editor, a publisher, anyone who's basically a fan of extreme horror and splatterpunk. And I ask them to choose a book for us to read and chat about on air. Um, the only real kind of guidelines to it are it can't be one of your own books if you're an author. And just no doorstops, because I have to read far too much every month anyway, and I can't fit in a 600-page book. Um, So yeah, other than that, it's pretty much kind of whatever you enjoy, um, because like the channel, I want it to be a a positive podcast. Uh, There will be spoilers when it comes to talking about the book, so just an advanced warning there. Um, So yeah, with that said, uh, welcome to the show, Donna, and... Uh, Yeah, I'll give you a chance now just to let everyone know a little bit about yourself before we dive into things.
1: Thank you. Um, My name is Donna Latham. I write under D.A. Latham. Um, I have a collection of erotic, dark poetry called Compulsions out on Amazon. Um, I also have a collection of extreme stories on Godless. Right now, they're exclusive to Godless with Todd Love, Um, uh, Mother's Love a grandfather's love and a sibling's love Um we do plan on expanding that series so that's great um, and i have a podcast called what's in the box episodes of horror um, which i do with eric butler who is the author of public massacre um, we talk about uh, horror movies and books um, we do some interviews with other people in the community Um, and just generally have a good time talking horror because my husband doesn't like horror and his wife doesn't like horror. So we just have a great time talking about horror together. Um, So yeah, so come and check out our channel and uh, head on over to Godless and check out my collaborations with Todd Love.
0: Uh, Yeah, I've read two of those. I've read um, Grandfather's Love and A Mother's Love. So i still got sibling to go, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) they're great we had fun writing them
0: oh i can tell i really enjoyed them they're very different as well i wasn't expecting them to be so different from each other
1: yeah yeah it is and you know we kind of got a little flack about a grandfather's love um from somebody (laughs) i don't remember who saying i think um they thought it was about um incest or sexual abuse but there was actually no sex in that story at all um so, I can see
0: why they would remember it being like that, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but we yeah, had a no. good time with it.
0: No, I really liked it. I didn't really, um, I didn't really know where it was going. I was kind of like reading <laughs> it, and then it, it was a time skip, wasn't there? And he's like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. you like, "Oh shit! Okay, what's going on here?" And, and it just <laughs> went crazy.
1: <laughs> yep, went crazy off the rails. <laughs>
0: uh, and you said you got some dark poetry as well, do you? How's
1: that? Yes. Yep. There's Is a. That it's on called.
0: Com-
1: yeah, it's on compulsion. Uh, it's called compulsions. It's out on Amazon. Um, if you search compulsions and my last name, you'll be able to find it. Otherwise, you get down a rabbit hole of <laughs> not being able to find it. Um, it's a short collection. Um, but I just was had always wanted to publish it, and I think it was last year I put it out. I'm like, I just want to publish it you know I don't care if anybody yeah. buys it I just want to be able to say I did what I said I was going to do
0: yeah I, I've done the same with a poetry book I never advertise it I never uh, it's not part of the brand it's not horror yeah. in any way shape or form but I wrote it I put all the book together so I was like I'm just going to put it out there and if people yeah. stumble across it that's fine but I just wanted yeah. it out there so.
1: Yeah, and I'm in several anthologies from uh, D&T Publishing and Crimson Pinnacle Press. Um, So you can find some of my stories in uh, Season of the Witch, uh, Dead Heat, um, ABCs of Terror, Volume 4, um, and the Books of Horror Community Anthology, Volume 3, Part 2.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you prefer writing shorts then, or are you planning on doing something longer?
1: Um. Right now, I've just been doing shorts. I do have some plans um, to write something longer. I'm actually doing a collaboration um, with Angelique Jordana. Um, mm. So we've got that in the works. And I have my own novella that I want to get out um, before the end of the year. So.
0: Oh, nice. We'll keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, before we get into the book that we're going to cover today, um Every guest that I invite on to the show, uh, I always ask them if they want to do a 60-second or under short reading. Um, So I think you've got something prepared, have you? Yes, awesome. I do. Um, so the basic the plan is, at the end of the year, is to compile all of these stories and put them into some kind of charitable book. And I'll probably put all the videos together as well in some kind of super cut, so feel free to put mm. on a bit of a performance while you do it. <laughs> 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 um But yeah, I will hand that over to you now when you're ready.
1: All right. Um, So I wrote a story called Knife Song. Um, Have you heard the knife song? No, not a song about a knife, but the song a knife sings while you're slicing away at flesh and bone. The first time I heard it, I was confused. I didn't know where it was coming from. I remember that day vividly. I was leaning over the man I had brought back to my apartment. He thought we were going to have sex, but I had other plans. Spread eagled on my bed, his body paralyzed by the drugs I slipped into his drink. He watched me straddle him. My sex rubbed against his cock, leaving a wet trail, knife poking into his Adam's apple. Grinding my hips against him, I heard it. Faint at first, the melody radiated from the blade. As my orgasm got closer, I pushed the blade into his throat. The knife song thundered through the room like an orchestra. Gary or Jim or whatever his name was, opened his mouth to scream as the blood gushed from the wound. The symphony of his blood coated my thighs in a staccato beat that matched the bass drum of my heart. The knife sang the crescendo as my orgasm ripped through my soul and his heart stopped beating. I've attended the knife's concert many times since then.
0: (laughs) I like it. Was that just for this, or has that appeared in one of the anthologies or something? Or?
1: Nope, I wrote it special for this.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. just yeah. I don't know why it came to me, and um, I just got the phrase in my head, Knife Song, and I'm like, oh, that <laughs> sounds like a good story to write.
0: Yeah, it's weird how that happens, isn't it?
1: <laughs> hmm Yep.
0: All right. Um, so yeah, the book we're going to talk about today, like I said, there will be spoilers because that way we can go into it properly. Is "Dead When We Met" by Elizabeth Bedlam. Um, before we get started with it, do you want to just say kind of why you chose this one um, out of any kind of extreme horror and splatpunk you could choose? What made you go for this one?
1: Um. Well, I honestly think that Elizabeth Bedlam is very underread i don't really see a lot of people talking about her um and i heard about her for the first time on like one of the very first episodes of written in red i know i'm Mm. sure you know that podcast with volpe borgard bercy and pike um daniel volpe had mentioned her um and i'm like oh that sounds interesting and um i just went and checked out her stuff i um I think I read Hoghead was the first one I read from her um which was messed up um, <laughs> and then I read Dead When We Met cuz I think that's the one that uh, Volpe actually had mentioned um so I just think she's very underread um so I just wanted to get her name out there and I enjoy her work she's um she has a way of writing stuff that's completely disturbing but not being like full of gore. Hmm. If that makes sense. Um, you know, you can be disturbing with just little tidbits and little pieces of of, you know, weirdness in your story. Um, and I just love the way she writes.
0: Yeah. I definitely picked up that, kind of reading it. I just thought it was Kind of beautifully written at times. It, it a, was not in a sense of like you know a well structured sentence, but just more like it sounded really nice while mm-hmm. she's talking about something that's crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, completely off the rails. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
0: yeah I think that's probably when I heard first about her as well. Was probably the Written and red podcast. So yeah, hopefully we can get yeah. a few more people and looking in her direction. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. I, we you know when people are looking for female authors, I always recommend her and C. Commentar.
0: Um, I still haven't read any of hers. I've got the um, the Home Invasion ones on my to read list, and so's the, the serial killer one that goes through the ages. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, age fours like on my pile, but yeah, yeah, she's hopefully great. I'll get around to them at some point.
1: Oh, god,
2: yeah,
0: it's two really good authors. <laughs> Um so yeah, I wish we start with this then? I think rather than kind of just go through and jump around a bit if you like. So would you want to begin <laughs> with talking about Dead When We Met?
1: Um, well, it I guess we'll just maybe go into the synopsis a little bit. Yeah. Um it's it's a story of Mona who lives with her grandmother who's um suffering from dementia and she's her caretaker. Um And Mona is uh, a necrophiliac. Um, She does not prefer the company of men who have a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's a local cemetery. And uh, from what I read, she looks in the obituaries and finds someone who is, you know, recently passed. Um, And then she goes and visits them in the cemetery. Uh, She has this neighbor, Charles, who is interested in her, and he's kind of a wacky dude. Um, He wears a cape and all the time, Mm -hmm. and he's always asking her out, and she's always saying no. Um, And to me, this story was about two lonely people. You know, Mona is, is, you know, a young woman. She's 22 I think was the age she's taking care of her grandmother none of her other family is around so she's isolated you know her whole entire life is taking care of this woman and then Charles yes he has friends because I think he goes with them when we first meet him in the book he goes with his friends um but he's he's lonely I think and he just wants love and I don't think he has really that great of a relationship with his parents um which he still lives with because it doesn't it you know, doesn't sound like it.
0: it feels um, like they lock him out a lot. So yeah.
1: yeah, they lock him <laughs> out of the house a lot, yeah. so he sleeps in the backyard or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Mona meets Frank, <laughs> and Frank is a skull. And she takes him home, and and he's her, her lover, her boyfriend, her, her confidant. She talks to him all the time. Um, so yeah, the the scene in the the first scene with uh, Charles and Frank in the cemetery. That was pretty
0: Yeah. Pretty that's interesting. When the book kind of ramps up, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. I mean Yeah, to to begin with it's I find well, mostly for the whole book actually, she's kind of harmless, right? Like mm-hmm. despite being a necrophiliac. There's no like she's not a psycho she's not aggressive she's properly looking after her grandma while mm-hmm. no one else is like yep. she's doing what she's meant to do in the house to make grandma as comfortable as possible like i like the fact that you've got this girl who's for all intents and purposes nice and sweet and innocent mm-hmm. and just likes to fuck dead bodies like you know, yeah so just a good blend yeah, yeah, and, and you're
1: right. She doesn't kill people to get her, you know. She just goes and visits the cemetery.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's the part I really liked about it. Like even the stuff with Charles, like, yeah, he's fucking weird, but she doesn't you know, she tries her best to be polite with him, to not talk mm-hmm. down on him. I think she kind of emasculates him a little bit when she meets Frank, but Yeah. Again, <laughs> I, I don't think that was intentional. That was just love it for sight with the skulls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She tries to let Charles down, you know, she made a mistake. She, she's like, you know, Hey, we shouldn't have had sex. I, you know, it wasn't (laughs) right for me. You're, you're, you have a pulse and that
2: doesn't do it for me. (laughs) And the only
1: reason, yeah, the only reason she was able to have sex with him is because she had Frank. Yeah. Cause, cause remember it was like, she's like, this isn't working. And here's like he's, and Charles said, here, have this skull, you know?
0: (laughs) I think she, um, yeah, because he's laid down flat, isn't he? Because I remember he's, like, on the ground, which is really harsh. Yeah. And she yeah. kind of puts the skull at the top of his body, I think. So it just yeah, looks like she's full-on fucking the skull. Yeah. Meanwhile, Charles is underneath thinking, like, hey, this is all right. Hey, yeah. He's just not in the picture, really. Mm-hmm. just a surrogate dick, really.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I love how she sleeps in a coffin. Um which is kind of interesting and she keeps her little mementos of of the people the men the corpses she's had relationships with um tacked up on the coffin the lid of the coffin i thought that was interesting
0: well that's part of what you were saying at the beginning though, right like the kind of the morbid shit but kind of nicely written like yeah i I felt so bad for her when her grandma stole her coffin I did like, too. I'm like, Grandma, yeah, get out like of that a, coffin. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? She's got one thing that's hers, and you've just taken it. Like,
1: yeah. And then she ends up sleeping under the bed. Because yeah. grandma's in her coffee so, coffin, <laughs> so she went and slept under the bed. Um. So yeah, I felt that. You know, I really felt awful for Mona. Um, yeah. It just you connect with this character, even though she's doing these horrible things. Um. But you just have no option other than to feel bad for her, and and just well, I just want to like walk up to Mona and give her a hug.
0: You yeah, know? I think she needs one. But also, again, that comes from the fact that she's pretty yeah. innocent, right? Like she's not trying to hurt anyone. Like right. the only person she's hurt in her life sounds like it was herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know yeah, she's kind she... of she's staying out the way of her family. She's looking after her grandma. She's doing her best to be as polite to Charles, who's a little too needy but she's Mm -hmm. trying and and yeah all she wants to do is sleep in a coffin next to her skull but just no one will let it happen
1: yeah just just leave me alone (laughs) I just want my skull um but yeah she yeah so there is some suicide um mentions in there because yeah I guess she uh slit her wrist twice and you know that whole scene with um where she was recalling what her mother had said to her, "I just can't drop everything to come down and bring you Ugh. a change of clothes when she's in the yeah. hospital." I'm like, "What? A bitch!"
0: Yeah, it's like the same I, city as well, isn't it? Like I don't even yeah, even far away.
1: Yeah, she was just like right there, and her mother wouldn't even come and bring her a change of clothes to the hospital. Um, so yeah, I just I yeah. was more angry and upset and disgusted with Mona's family. <laughs> Than I was with the fact that Mona was fucking a skull. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I think so too. Because again, like, fucking the skull is morbid and it's weird and probably shouldn't do that stuff. That you're not really hurting anyone. But yeah. Her family were just cruel. They were just, you know, they were just kind of out for one thing from her.
1: Yep. And I am so glad that she ended up with the house and everything.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was so worried that part. Like, having... Yeah lived through something like that with my own family like 20 years ago and seeing how crazy that sort of situation can get like yeah that that's the bit that got me most angry in the whole
1: book yeah i'm like damn it susan you're not getting that house
0: yeah fuck you susan go away where have <laughs> you been for you, the last susan. year
2: <laughs>
1: exactly yeah they took this this 19 year old girl who had just attempted suicide and they're like oh we think it's a good idea for you to take care of the you know the grandmother who is dementia and then they all disappeared on her oh, yeah. you know Um, but the relationship between Charles I-, I was kind of hoping that Mona and Charles would end up I don't want to say together but finding some kind of relationship I was yeah. really, really hoping for that. Um, and I guess they, they sort say, of do. do.
0: Do you not think that's what the end was? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So there's, um, I, would, I was thinking more with a heartbeat, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the ending, you know, it, it ended up being perfect. And I just remember uh, thinking at the end of the, the book, I'm like, what's going to happen when somebody misses Charles? <laughs> like, how is she going to explain she's got this dead body? you know this guy so what ends up happening for the people listening uh, watching is charles is so enamored with mona and wants to be with her that he does the only thing he can think of to get her to love him or or like him or need him and he kills himself and uh so then she the ending scene is her crawling into uh, the coffin with him and frank and you know so yeah you're right Stephen they do kind of end <laughs> up in a relationship at the end Um but I always you know I always kind of think on the positive side oh. Um, you know I always want things even though I know not every story needs a happy ending you know Um, but I just my mind always goes there I'm just like oh they're gonna be you know
0: part of that was just that Charles was quite a tragic character right like you said he was just lonely too like yeah he kind of had this not bravado but he had something about him at the beginning and once she kind of accepted him but then rejected him that was it he was kind of slowly falling apart after that and yeah you kind of couldn't help but feel sorry for him even though it was like well it's not going to happen dude like you know this already you knew this going in
1: yeah and he was so mad at frank oh he was so (laughs) mad at frankie uh the part where he goes into mona's house when she's not there and he like fucks the skull in the eye socket
0: (laughs) cracks part (laughs) of the uh front of the skull yep
1: yeah yeah, so it's uh you know and you know I, i guess i could kind of see where he was coming from because if i got like you know
0: passed over for a headless corpse
1: (laughs) yeah passed over for a a, a skull from like where whatever century it was
0: (laughs) it's weird isn't it because i like that scene when she when he gives her frankness it's kind of like introducing this girl you really like to one of your buddies who then ends up going out (laughs) and they end up married with
2: the kids (laughs) yeah
0: you're like fuck i had a crush on her like how'd that happen love the dynamic of it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so and i'm glad you enjoyed it because that was one of the ones i you know it was i suggested it um um but yeah this is a great story and elizabeth bedlam is brilliant um with the way she writes she writes the most disturbing things in the most nice way Mm. yeah i
0: mean you know both the characters like um marina and charles are both very tragic characters the the, film, the book, sorry, is about, like, you know, basically about necrophilia and, yeah, like has this suicidal ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't feel mopey reading the book. It's not a downer right. in the slightest. Like, it's, despite it being about two people massively struggling in life, yeah. it's kind of written very beautifully and you really get into it. And, you, like you said, you just want the best for the characters.
1: Yeah. And it's just a a positive book. You know, it it sounds weird to say that about <laughs> something like this, but you know, it's it's messed up, disturbing. It it'll make you go, What in the hell am I reading? But then at the end of the book you're like, It's a, a tragic Romeo and Juliet love story kind of.
2: You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not far off that really. Yeah.
1: I absolutely mm. loved it. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I thought the other thing quite interesting about it as well was um, it was quite graphic, the sexual stuff. Um, it didn't kind of lean away from that. I thought right. it was quite fun, like especially like the stuff with her, Frank and Charles in the um, sort of, well, I can't remember the name of them now, but kind of the sort of tomb area and stuff, like. Yeah. I thought she kind of ramped it up a bit then and then, yeah, after that, like, Mona was full on kind of horny all the time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a a
0: change of pace for the book.
1: Yeah. And it was a good, um, she was a woman who knew what she liked. Hmm. So she, she was, you know, in charge of her sexual sexuality. You know, she, she's like, I know that this is going to get me off and I'm going (laughs) to do it. You yeah. know, she was not afraid to go after what she wanted, and it wasn't something that she did all the time either. Until she met Frank, um, because if you remember, she said there so there was only like, of
2: monks, a, wasn't it? like yeah, it like was like a
1: handful of times um, yeah. that she had taken a lover. I'll call it. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like she was going to the cemetery every single night and you know molesting a corpse. It, it wasn't like that. She was. But then she met Frank, and, well, Not that just the changed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Met the man of her dreams, and that was it.
1: Met the man of her dreams, yep. Yeah. And it was interesting the way that the the kisses were described. When she hmm. would kiss Frank, you know, she, she would describe the feel of his teeth, um, you know, and she's got her tongue in this skull's mouth and <laughs> running it over his teeth and stuff. So I thought that was really, again, very poetic, very beautiful. Mm. description of of a physical act
0: yeah i liked it she didn't um kind of didn't dress the skull up in any way <laughs> It was just this old skull like yeah, she didn't, yeah. To, she didn't try to change frank like she loved him for who he was
1: yeah she just cleaned him up a little
0: bit yeah, yeah. oh yeah i think frank was in the bath of her kind of quite early on wasn't he <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> in the bath yep sounds Definitely worth a read if you like. And it's short. I forget how many pages. I think it's like under 70 pages.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely well under 100. Yeah. It wasn't a long book at all. And yeah, it was a unique book. Like, again, it's one of those books. Uh, I done one the other day when I filmed one of these, um, a book called Vicky Beautiful, where I was like, I've never really read anything like that before. And same kind of applies with this, really. I don't, there's nothing I can really compare this one to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Um, and I think I've actually read Vicky Beautiful. Is that the one where they had the the dinner for yes. the friend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have read that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like reading those two books almost back to back, we were kind of like these women who just know what they want and what they want is absurd, but they're going yeah. <laughs>
1: to <gonna> have it. They're going to have it. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, no, it's definitely a book I'd recommend, this one, just because, like I said, it's short, it's well-written, it's pretty unique, and I really did like the characters. I really did like both Mona and Charles and the grandma to a degree. <laughs> like, yeah, so like, bring me currently. a beer! <laughs> it's a <only this> snicker.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it, I, I hate to say it, but the the scene where the grandmother dies... Was kind of funny to me because she saw Charles with his cape and she's like, Oh, death is here <laughs> for me. And then I guess she ends up having a heart attack as the nurse was trying to come in. I thought that was, you know, yeah, I
0: didn't. It started with, didn't she see? I can't remember if she saw Frank with the cloak or she, no, sorry, Charles with the cloak or Frank. But either way, she thought the Grim Reaper was like coming for her and that's what yep. made her go and sleep in the coffin because she was like, Well, fuck, I might as well get ready yeah
1: yeah and then she ends up having a heart attack so she's like bring me my knitting or whatever she's just <laughs> gonna lay in the coffin and knit
0: <laughs> just waiting for like death to come along for her I yeah, know yeah. that was quite funny it was quite sudden as well considering how much time you had spent with grandma in a relatively short book mm-hmm. it was like i was reading it and i had to kind of double back and be like oh shit no she is dead because it said yeah Matter-of-factly, like, oh, after Grandma's funeral. Like, oh, yep. shit, Okay.
1: Yeah, so, okay, she, she's dead. All right. Now what's going to happen? It's <laughs> like, and yeah, then you've just, got
0: you got your uh, coffin back. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 and then the horrible family swarm in for the property.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Ridiculous
0: people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm very glad that. Played out well. Like if she didn't get to keep that house, I would have. I would not have been impressed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have probably been upset because I follow Elizabeth Bedlam on Instagram, and I probably would have messaged her, <laughs> and been like, "How could you do that to Mona?" <laughs> <laughs> I do that quite often with authors that uh, message them. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh huh? Like
1: how? How could you kill that person, or how could you do that to them? <laughs>
0: Oh, definitely don't win Kid of the Fallen then. Oh, gee. oh, I've
1: I've yelled at Carver Pike before.
0: He's used to it. <laughs> Kid of the Fallen, you'll be doing it every chapter. you be like, right, <laughs> new message. That's
1: all right. He's used <laughs> to it. And that's one of the great things about being part of this community. I feel zero shame in reaching out to an author and being like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I was just um, reading Chris Miller, um, The Damned Ones, or The Damned Place, and I've been messaging him. I'm like, you better not kill this character. I would be so (laughs) mad at you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I've done that yet. I think I've probably mentioned it in a couple of reviews. I've probably been like, and, you know, but I don't know why you've done this sort of thing. And they've joked about it kind of in the comments on YouTube afterwards or something. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that. You got this nice kind of, yeah, it's an interactive community, isn't it? It works really well.
1: It's a very interactive community. I love it. I was just at Scares That Care AuthorCon, Um and it was just fantastic to. That see just everybody. looked
0: amazing. I was I was very jealous of all the pictures coming through. Yeah, yeah. I think you done a total photo dump, didn't you? I think you put loads of photos up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs>
0: One day I'd get there. I'm not sure I could bring all the books and stuff. I don't think it'd be worth it, but I've got friends in America, so I think I'd go and visit them and then kind of come across and just spend the time meeting everyone rather than trying to have a store there or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's great.
0: Did, it, did you have a store there or were you just there as a guest?
1: No, I was just there as a as a guest, as a book buyer. I spent an obscene amount of money Books because I drove, so it didn't matter how many books I bought. Yeah, I didn't have to pay to ship them home or pay extra for a bag or whatever. Um, But yeah, I just went and harassed all the all my friends and met some new ones and took a lot of pictures and it was great. It's like, and I was there for moral support for Eric Butler because he's not a big fan of doing conventions and he had a table. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, will make sure I check on you."
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was fine. I see a lot of yeah. love for him with public massacre in the community. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he did great. He did good.
0: Yeah, that's a book that you must have been like messaging him at the end, being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then <laughs> I
1: learned that um, that's the way he writes the endings to most of his books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I read. Um, what was it? kiss me where it smells funny and i was yeah. like oh okay so this is his thing he's fucking brutal okay got yeah it yeah
1: um <laughs> the what was the other one that he had uh not sins of the past the shadow within same type of ending right. like okay. dude you got to stop doing that <laughs> you're killing yeah, no, me over
0: here <laughs> hopeless massacre with the cop that was probably the closest i've come to being like what the fuck like you can't do that yep. like he's so nice <laughs> yeah 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 no I'll definitely try and get to Orphicon at some point like I said it looked amazing and it would be lovely to get to meet everyone which has been what kind of recording a few of these has been nice fun so far getting to actually chat to people rather than sneakily replying to a message on like one of the groups or like,
1: yeah yep yeah.
0: yep yeah. yeah. excellent um well thank you very much for coming along to the show today it's been very nice of you and, and for recommending this book, like I said, it was a really good read. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I I love talking about these books, and I'd be more than happy to do. You know, we can do some C are. I love her work.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I think I'm um, definitely going to kind of invite people back. I feel like it would be. Uh, there's just so many combinations to be had, right, of authors talking about other people's work, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and a lot of people out there who maybe haven't kind of um quite got the recognition they deserved as well that you can kind of talk about like i like doing that he said i hadn't seen much of elizabeth film other than that mess that um yeah written in red just like that mention and i think maybe i'd seen one of her books somewhere when I was scrolling through something else but nowhere near as much as i should for the quality of writing
1: right she also writes with um i think it's her partner bj swan um and bj swan um... um yeah bj swan has a series called the aeon of chaos which is really good i've read them the magical goat boy is one of them and um there's a couple other um but yeah they it's called holocaust hearts i have not read it yet um but i'm really interested to see how the two because i love bj swan which is another person who doesn't get a lot of recognition um, and then I love Elizabeth Bedlam, so I'm interested to see how they <laughs> work together. Um, yeah. So, yeah, check out some BJ Swan. I think you'll you'll like his writing.
0: Uh, yeah, so I need to work out how to do the whole writing with someone else. Like, I mean, you've done it, right? You've done it with Todd Love, but yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I've had one or two people kind of message me about doing it, but I don't even know how I'd start with it. <laughs> I, I always have, like, such a clear idea in my head and write so many notes, like, so then have to like share it with someone. Just, that seems difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and Todd, it was fine. He he just started the first one we did, A Mother's Love. He just started it off, sent it to me. I went through and edited what he wrote and added and removed. Yeah. Um, and then I just continued the story on and we just passed them back and forth. Um, yeah. And oh, it,
0: that sounds so hard to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe if the works were longer, it might be a little bit harder. Um mm. Like the one I'm doing with Angeli Giordano is gonna be a novella, so I think that's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Um so but we'll see.
0: Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye out for that one when it comes up.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be for my read of yours so far. <laughs> yeah. No, I really did like uh yeah, Mother's Love. That was that caught me off guard. I thought it was gonna be a father's love again, but it's so far different,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you read that after our grandfather's love.
0: Yeah, I've read them completely. I've all day.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't like build on each other. They just take place in the same town.
0: Right. You know, the yeah.
1: fake town that we made up. So, <laughs>
0: a fake town with the railway track running through it.
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, thank you very much for coming along. It's been a joy to have you in. And... Yeah, I will definitely invite you back at some point. Awesome. I think everyone should go and read uh, Dead When We Met. It's a very fun little book, and I think Elizabeth definitely deserves some more reads for
1: it. She absolutely does.
0: (laughs) Okay, thank you for coming along, and I will see everyone again shortly with another episode.
2: Bye.